I was just checking my messages. I'm kidding. I was not checking messages. I'm starting the recording. That's what I'm doing. I need you not to let me to forget, you know, as long as we're in this setup, this is the easiest way for me to record what we're doing and to get it to the website. So don't let me forget to do the recording. Uh, Donna is here. That's Donna's church. Did you know Lydia? Had you, did you know her? Okay, this is, this is Donna. This is my sister-in-law. And next to her is Cindy, my sister-in-law. These are Michelle's two sisters. And those ladies have been on a trip for a few days and just doing their thing. They do this every year, and, and they got back last night. And anyway, that's Donna's church, um, Harvest in Dothan. And they just have a wonderful section of testimonies of people that have come to know the Lord and come into their church. And, and it's just kind of the thing we've been talking about lately. Um, now, Don, I didn't plan that. So, I mean, I used one. Yes, I did. I, I did it last week, too. So it wasn't just this week. But um, uh, I've just kind of gone through and looked at some of those testimonies. They're just great. And I wanted you to see some of them. And the thing about Lydia's is she just talks about the love of the Lord and the acceptance that she found in God's people. And isn't that what it's supposed to be? That's exactly it. So, so here's what I want to say up front. Jesus Christ loves you. Like He made you. He knows everything about you. He loves you. There's not one thing that you've done that He doesn't know about. And, and if you really want to be weirded out, there's not one thing you're ever going to do that's a surprise to Him. He knows it all. And He still loves you. That should help you feel better. I should put a smile on your face. Like It's kind of like when my mother was trying to teach me about unconditional love as a child. Uh, I don't remember exactly how old I was, but she just looked at me and she said, Son, there's nothing you can do that will ever make me love you less. And when she told me that, I was like, Mom, that's kind of heavy. <laughs> you know, that's a lot. But you moms, you understand that, right? Probably you dads too. You parents, you understand that if you love your child, you love your child. They may do things to upset you. They may do things you don't want them to do. They may do things that you told them not to do. But it doesn't change the fact that you love them and you love them unconditionally. Where does that kind of love come from? It comes from God. Jesus loves you like that. And so what should happen in the church is there should be a reflection of that. That kind of love that comes from God. It doesn't mean that we agree with everything that everyone does. It doesn't mean that we just put our stamp of approval on any kind of behavior that we see. It doesn't mean that. It just means that no matter what a person does, God loves them. And if we are in line with Him, we love them too. And we find ways to demonstrate that kind of acceptance and love to people. And, and that kind of love is a magnet. It just draws people in. And they may see it first in you, and then they find it in God. They, they see it first in you, and then they find it in Him. And one of the greatest expressions of the love of God comes through service. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So the scripture I'm going to read is out of the Gospel of Luke chapter, I'm sorry, Gospel of John chapter 13. I'm going to read just five verses in a few moments. And so if you want to follow along with me, you're welcome to do that. It's going to be John chapter 13, one through five. Uh, I thought of the, the story this week. Have you heard this one? So the man is sick and he goes to the doctor and uh, the doctor, you know, checks him out. And he says, I need to talk to your wife first. And so he talks to the wife. He said, look, this is serious. But if you want your husband to be well, this is what you got to do you got to take great care of him. He needs three great meals a day. 
the house needs to be spotless. There doesn't need to be anything in his life that's going to cause him any more stress, any more suffering. You just need to take care of every little thing for him. And, and I think that will help him greatly. So the wife walks out. She sees her husband. He's kind of concerned. He's like, well, what did he say? She said, I'm sorry. He said, you're going to die. great story. <laughs> That's the opposite of service. And isn't that how we feel sometimes, right? We, we feel the opposite of service. We're kind of working our way to Easter. And, and today, as we start to think about these things, we're going to look closely at what Jesus did and how he loved people. And I'm going to give you this statement up front. If you're going to love like Jesus, you will do things that constantly shock people. They will shock people by the irrational action of the love. Okay, and so I think we got that statement there somewhere, don't we? Pull that one up. That's it. To love like Jesus, you will regularly shock people with irrational. It won't make sense. It's not logical. It's not what normal people do. But if you'll think about it, Jesus didn't do what normal people do. He loved people in such a way that it was shocking to everyone else. And because you follow him and because you want to live your life like he did, he's going to lead you to do some things that are just really strange to other people. So take, for example, not long ago, we read about the leper that came to Jesus. And, and the leper was not supposed to do that. He wasn't supposed to be so close to Jesus. But, but he did. And he said, if you will, you can make me whole. You can make me clean. And then Jesus touched him. I mean, he did the very thing that you're not supposed to do. And the very thing that would be shocking to everyone else. That's what he did. And over and over again, Jesus demonstrates that kind of love. So let's just talk a little bit about the scripture itself and then we'll talk about the series. So let me read the scripture. This is John 13, 1 through 5. Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come and that he would depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And during supper, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, got up from the supper, laid aside his garments, and taking a towel, he girded himself. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that he was wearing. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, thank you for sending your only son for us, who demonstrated your kind of love for us, not just in the words that he said, but in the life that he lived and in the actions that he took. And so we ask you today to help us as we think of these things and as we consider what it should look like in our own lives to love like Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. So you can describe this as the worst or the best week of his life. You know, depending on which side you're thinking about. This is the best week of his life. This is the worst week of his life. It is that last week of Jesus on earth before his crucifixion. So on Monday... He goes into the temple and cleans things up. Now, if, that, if you haven't read that story, you don't know what that's about. This is not Sunday school Jesus, okay? This is the Jesus who makes a whip, goes into the temple, and runs everybody and everything out. 
Okay, so if, if you've got in your mind kind of the myth of the Sunday school Jesus, he's always the nicest guy that you would ever meet. He's kind of like Santa Claus. He would never hurt you. He always brings you good stuff. If that's your myth about Jesus, that story just blows that out of the water. Jesus made a whip. He went into the temple and he ran everybody out. Cleaned. I mean, it was so bad. The religious leaders, they were thinking and said to him, who gives you the right to do this? And that's why on Tuesday he had a big blow up with all the religious leaders. Who are you to try to do something like this. Do you think you're God? Who else has the right to control the temple, right? So he had a big blow up. Now on Wednesday, there's nothing recorded in the Bible of what happened. So, you know, Monday he went through the temple. Tuesday, there's this big fight with the religious leaders. Wednesday, he's just gone. Nobody knows where he's at. Then on Thursday night, there's this secret meeting. It's, it's upstairs. It's in an upper room. And he's got his disciples. And, and what we just read explains he knows what's happening. He knows this is the end. That this is going to be the last time he has a meal with this group of guys. And, and everything else that he needs to say or anything else he needs to do, anything else they need to see he's got to do it now because it's now or never it's thursday night because on friday he's going to be praying and those other folks are going to show up and they're going to arrest him they're going to go through kind of a mock trial with him they're going to convict him to death they're going to beat him they're going to crucify him and then on the third day he'll rise from the dead so he knows that's what's happening on thursday night now when we're reading this and you're thinking about this Thursday night thing, you know how, how, how big that is. This is his, I mean, in, in the Lord's understanding, this is the last meal he's going to have with them at this point in, in his time on earth. This is it. And what happens during that meal? They get into something like an argument over who's the greatest. Who's, who's the greatest? So, you know, it could have been John. He could say, well... You know, I'm the one he really loves here. <laughs> you other guys are important, but I'm the one he really loves. Or it could have been Peter. No, no, not, not you, John. I'm the one who walked on water. To which all the other disciples would say, and you sank. You walked on water. Yeah, that's great. But then you sank. And he had to bail you out. Or it could have been Bartholomew. No, no, it's me, guys. I'm the one he loves the most. I'm the greatest. And then somebody would pipe up and say, uh, Bartholomew, in 100 years, no one will even know you were a disciple. Some of you are going, Bartholomew, he was a disciple? Again, they get into that kind of argument. And so they're having that discussion about who's the greatest. And Jesus speaks to him. We read it in Matthew 23 earlier. The greatest among you will be your servant. He had already taught them that, but it just wasn't sticking. Like he said the words, they heard the words, they could probably tell you that, that they heard those words, but, but it, didn't, it didn't stick. And so what does Jesus do when they break into this who's the greatest thing again? He gets up and he takes off his outer garment. He puts on the towel like a servant, like a slave. And he goes and he gets this, this you know, basin of water and he gets ready to wash their feet. Now, why do you wash feet? You know, I mean, who does that? We don't do it today. I know some of you ladies go, and, and men too, y'all go and have your toes done or whatever. But as a general rule, when somebody comes to your house, you don't do that today. You don't, you don't watch. You say hello. You offer them a drink. You, you know, sit here. You try to make them comfortable. I mean, we have all these little customs that we do right now, but we don't wash feet. And we don't wash feet because that's just weird. And I've literally heard this. I've heard people say before, now, if you have bad feet, I'm not picking on you, okay? I'm not picking on you because I don't know what your feet look like. All right, I don't know. But I've literally heard people say, I love you from the top of your head to your ankles. You ever heard that? 
<laughs> and they're talking about, you know, somebody's feet. I love you from here to your ankles, but those feet, oh my goodness. And we just, we don't wash feet. But in the first century, when everybody's walking around with sandals and nothing's really paved and, and you know, it's just rocks for pavement, their feet are dirty. And so the custom was when someone comes into your house, you know, you do the other things, but then you wash their feet. And, and whoever's the owner, that person's not going to wash the feet. Okay, it's, it's considered beneath them. And so whoever is the lowest person uh, in the household is going to be a servant of some kind. That person is going to wash the feet. And so when Jesus does that, you see what he's doing. He's the one that's going to wash their feet. So here's what I want you to see today. I want you to see the actions and the attitudes. And so we'll just start with the actions. So when Jesus goes to this dinner, they break into this big thing about who's the greatest and what Jesus looks around and he sees is a bunch of people with proud hearts and dirty feet. And nobody at the table wants to be the one to wash the feet. Instead, they want to argue about who's the greatest. So Jesus gets up and he starts to do it. Somebody probably said, wait a minute, Jesus, this, this is not for you. This is not what you should do. I mean, let that guy do it. Let Bartholomew do it. Nobody remembers him anyway. Let him do it. But instead it was Jesus. It's the one who, who is the Son of God. It is the one who's the bread of life. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the living water. He's the light of the world. He's the one that we would call our great high priest today. It's the one the scripture calls the Lamb of God. He's the living one. He's the righteous judge when all the world is over. He's the one in John 15 that's the true vine that all life is connected to. He's the one we would call the King of Glory. He's the chosen one in the scripture. It is that one who dresses like a servant, bends down and starts washing their feet. He takes the role of a servant. Now, here's the part we didn't read today. Okay, Jesus got up from where he was. He dressed like a servant. He washed their feet. When he's done, he puts the towel back and goes back to where he was originally seating, seated. And he says to them, do you know what I have done for you? Can you catch that? Because there was some, you know, hard-headed guy sitting at the table going, yeah, you just washed our feet. No, that's not exactly what he did. He was demonstrating what his whole life on this earth was about. He left where he was in heaven. He came to the earth. He served us in the greatest possible way. And when all that's done, he puts that aside and he's going back where he started. And he said, do you, do you see, do you know what I've done for you? And it starts, it looks like washing feet, but it's so much more. And one of the things I want you to catch right here at this point is that those little actions of service, when you, when you take a moment to serve someone, to do something for them that, you know, maybe you think is beneath you or beneath anyone, when you do those things, that may be when you look the most like Jesus. And that may be the moment when the love of God, the love God has for that person starts to break through that hard exterior and it gets through. That, that's what service does. That's how powerful it is. So we call him King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the Redeemer. He's our rock. He's our, the one who sanctifies us, the one who gives us righteousness, all those things. But he's also the one who washed our feet. And the way he washed our feet 
is by allowing what happened on Friday. By allowing himself to be taken. I mean, when, when, when the Romans looked at him and said, don't you know that I have authority over you? Don't you know that I've got the ability to set you free? And Jesus just looked back at the guy and said, you would have no authority over me at all if it was not given to you from above. In other words, I know why I'm here. I know why you're here. And we got to do this. And he chose to serve us in that way. He chose to give his life for us. So what will it look like? You know, the actions. What will it look like in your life? Let me just kind of give you a question. Sometimes the question comes out like this. Is this a need I can meet? Because you're going to run into all kinds of needs. You're, you're gonna, it's going to happen to you every day. It's going to happen to you every week. You're going to cross people. There are more needs out there than you can ever meet. So just ask yourself the question. Is this a need that I can meet? Is this one an assignment for me? Because I can't do them all. I don't have the resources. I don't have the time. But I can do some. Now, if you manage to go through your week and all week long, you're going, no, 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 no. This is not me. Okay, you're doing it wrong. Some of them are for you. Some of those needs that you see, those, those are exactly the kinds of things that God has put into your life. That's what he wants you to do. That's a need for you to meet. That's an assignment for you. And when you do that, you just start looking like Jesus. And it makes a difference in the lives of people. In other words, you're not here to be served. You're here to serve. And I want to say that about our church. You don't, you don't come into the church to be served. You come into the church to serve. So, so think about what happens in a congregation, in a group like this. You always have some people, they come in the door, they don't really know what everything's about, they're just going to check things out. They're, they're very much, you know, they're consumers in a way. You know, they just want to see what, what's going on, what's happening here, what are these people about, are they strange, you know, I've heard things. That, that's what they do, okay? But if you're here, and you belong to Jesus, and, and you're a a follower of Christ and you're a part of his church, something starts to transition. You're, you're not just a person that comes in to consume things anymore. You're a person that's here to give. You're here to contribute. And it just changes your mindset, changes what you do. I'm not here to come in and sit down and soak it all up. I'm here to look around, see who's here and, and to start giving something. That's what you're here for. Scripture says, and we read it, Jesus loved them till the end. So who is the greatest? Whoever's the greatest is the one who serves. Let me tell a story on my friend Velcro. That's not his real name. His real name is Scott. Okay, but I call him Pastor Velcro. Y'all know about Velcro, right? The shoe thing. You know, when those came out for kids, it was the greatest thing. You never had to tie shoes again. Velcro. And so I called my friend Scott Pastor Velcro because he just hangs in there. Like he's like Velcro. You just can't. He just stays in there. And uh, the church, it's interesting, his wife contacted me the other day and I said, oh my goodness, have him call me. And he did last Wednesday. Uh, the church he was in, uh, have you heard this story? Something happened and so they all kind of split off and started a new church. Have you heard that? <laughs> anyway, this is, what, this is what my friend Scott was going through, Pastor Velcro. And so I called him, we're just talking a little bit. And so I get this great story from him. So he's at Lowe's and there's this little lady trying to get... I don't know if y'all seen them where the clippers are in, in these um, uh, these places like Home Depot and Lowe's. They're usually the clippers are up high. That's probably on purpose like to keep the little kids from getting the giant clippers. But they're up high. And so this lady is trying to get the clippers and she's trying to, you know, lift them up and get them over the bar and whatever. And, and he sees her. And so he goes over and he gets them for her and he gives this little lady these clippers. And, and so he's just like, what are you? Uh, what are you going to do with these? You know, and she says, well, the bushes are high and I've got to trim them back. And, and so, you know, Scott, Pastor Velcro, he's, 
you know, always asking questions, always talking to people. Well, don't you have, you know, some family that can do it or somebody going to help you with this? And she was like, no, they all live away and everybody's busy, but I'm just going to buy these clippers and I'm going to cut it in front of the window and do it. And so he says, well, why don't I just come over and do that for you? And she said, oh, great. Are you a yard boy? <laughs> and he said, today I am. <laughs> today I am. And, and it was just the greatest story because... That's how things pop up. I mean, they just show up. You're not looking for that. You know, he had his buggy. He was going to do other things. And then this happened. And all of a sudden, there's something for him to do. And, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't need to be paid for that. He doesn't need any recognition for it. He'd probably be mad that I told you about it. But he's not here. And he can't stop me. So, I, you know, I mean, that, it was just one of those moments for him. I'll never forget my grandmother. Um, I used to go over and cut her yard. And she would always come to pay me. And I would act like I didn't see her. Like she'd come out in the yard with money. And I'd act like I didn't see her and turn and go the other way. You know, just drive around the house. That was the only way I could get away from her. And my grandmother was that way. She was like, you're doing this, and I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you, son. I'm like, not if I can get away. You can't catch this lawnmower. And so I would always run away from her. But, you know, you don't know. I mean, it could be family. It could be friends. It could be a total stranger. But whenever these moments happen and there's, there's a time for you to serve someone, that, that's when you step in and do it. Maybe it's your friend that needs to move. You say, well, I can do that. I'm a mover today. This one's mine. You know, maybe it's somebody says, uh, you know, the, the, the baby, I, they're driving me crazy. And you say, well, I, I can keep the baby while you go do a little shopping or whatever you need to do. I can do that. I can be a babysitter today. This is mine. Washing feet. It's just a way of describing how we serve others in his name. Oh, and when you wash feet, you're not supposed to do the happy to be serving. You post it, you know, hashtag something. You're not supposed to do it that way. I know you probably all got that friend that does it. They go on some mission trip somewhere, and all they do is like, did you do anything but take selfies <laughs> the whole time? They're taking pictures of all the things they're doing, and you just, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? You don't need the recognition. Now, somebody may take a picture of you. That may happen. And if you need a picture for yourself to remember, that's great, too. But, again, the rest of us see what you're doing, and, we're, and that's, that's different than what we're talking about. We're talking about serving and serving in his name. You don't need to be seen. You don't need to be acknowledged. You don't need to have any credit for it. So those are the actions. Now let's, let's talk about the attitudes for a moment. I know I've got several things on the screen for you. I want you to see. But the serving, the washing feet, it's not just about the actions. It is about the attitudes. And serving isn't so much what you do as it is who you are. You are someone. You are a servant of Jesus Christ, and he makes you a servant to other people. Um, Pastor Craig and Amy uh, tell, Groeschel tell the story of uh, Amy. Amy got into a, like a minor car wreck. His wife got into a little minor wreck, and um, you know she got out and said, oh, it wasn't bad, and he said it wasn't bad, and they exchanged phone numbers, and everybody left. And then the, the husband of, of the lady, called Amy back and said, no, no, there's several thousand dollars worth of damage. We, we need to do something about this. And, and so the insurance wasn't going to cover it or whatever. So, so Craig and Amy just, you know, they decided, okay, well, we'll just, we'll just pay for it. We'll pay to have their car repaired. And, uh, you know, at the time, they didn't tell anybody. They just did it. That's how they handled it. 17 years later, a 20-year-old girl 
walks up to Pastor Craig and says, you changed my life. What? You changed my life. When I was just a baby, my mom hit your wife and you just treated our family in such a way that my dad decided we'd come check out your church. And my whole family's been changed. I grew up in this church and I don't think you ever knew what happened. You really, you never know. Just a small act of service and how it cuts through all the stuff, all the fronts, all the masks that Lydia was talking about on the video, how it cuts through all of that and gets to the heart of a person. You want somebody to, I mean, you can tell somebody you love them, just tell them all you want to. They'll go, yeah, right. But you show them in service. That's how they really know. And that's how they start to see the love of God. Okay, have you heard this? Well, I've been checking out different churches, but I can't find one that meets my needs. You heard that? I've heard it in so many different forms. It's not always that obvious, but it comes out in different forms. And so people are just, you know, hey, I'm checking out. It's just like, it's just, it's the same thing as when they go to a restaurant. I went there, it's kind of a nice atmosphere, but the food was terrible. Right? Or the food was really good, but we had to wait in line a long time. Or I really like the food, but it cost too much. Those are the words of consumers, right? That's what a consumer says. They just pick apart everything. And I'm telling you that service to the Lord Jesus and to your fellow man and being a part of the church of the Lord Jesus, it is not a consumer thing. Not in any way. We just take the consumer minds. I mean, if you come to church and you're always thinking like a consumer, can I just tell you we will disappoint you? We will. You'll look, you'll say, look at that. That thing is crooked. Some of you haven't noticed that yet. <laughs> some, some of you have been the whole service. Like you walked in the door. Oh, man, again, crooked. I don't know why it's crooked. I've moved this thing. I'm not an expert at this. But it's off, right? And for some people, that's disappointing. Other people, the coffee, they didn't have the right creamer. The breakfast stuff, you know, it's not what I wanted. The chairs are too hard. It's a cafeteria. My goodness, what are these people doing? If you're a consumer, you're going to be disappointed. But if you think like a church, the church is the people, right? You are the church. And the love that you find serving God and serving one another, all of a sudden all that other stuff doesn't matter. It's not that important anymore. It doesn't really matter that your seat's not padded or... You know, the air conditioner makes funny sounds when we turn it on in the back. That's why it's not on today, right, John? That one's off. You don't worry about those things anymore because you are the church, and the church is wherever you are. I mean, I've had people say to me, oh, I went there, but I didn't feel the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking to myself, aren't you a believer? Because if you're a believer, the Spirit went in with you. <laughs> like, the Spirit's with You're the church. The Spirit's, with, Spirit's not in the room. The Spirit's in you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's a whole different attitude. I know a lady named Lori. She, what she does is she works with the, um, the host team in her church, completely blind. Doesn't stop her from serving. Michelle and I years ago went to visit Bellevue Baptist Church in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. First church I've ever been to that had golf carts. Like the parking lot was so big, it was like Disney. You know, they come by with golf carts and pick you up and you jump on the golf cart like, we're in the church, I can't even see it from here. You know, you got off the interstate, you had in to park and it's way over there. And so you're riding and so you're riding along with the golf cart with some guy 
And, uh, and the story was told by Adrian Rogers, who used to pastor that church. Uh, one of their members, his name was Bob, and Bob died. And Bob, I got this written down for you. Bob said, this was his words, my greatest joy in life outside of my family was the opportunity to serve the Lord at our church. I loved driving the golf cart and bringing people from the parking lot to the front door of the church so people could meet Jesus. And I like golf carts too. Don't get me wrong. But this guy saw it as more than just a golf cart thing. You know, he saw it as a way to, I mean, he, he was kind of the front door, you know, John, he was the greeter. You know, before you got to the greeter at the door, you met Bob on the golf cart. And Bob, jump on, I'll drive you in there. And then he could talk to people and just, you know, he set the tone for things even before people walked in the door. That was his service. So you'd never find Bob at the host table. He was not serving coffee to people. He didn't stay around and help clean up when it was over. He was out front early in the morning driving the golf cart around and just kind of setting the stage to bring people in so that they could uh, see what was really going on in the church. Everyone has their place. But what I'm trying to say to you is that it always starts with an attitude. It starts with a mindset. Because if you wake up in the morning thinking, I'm going to go down to that church and see what they got for me today, you know, I'm just telling you, you will be disappointed. Some days you'll go, oh, it's okay today. You know, the food was good. But some days you'll be disappointed. If you change that mindset to the mindset of I'm not going to get, I'm going to give. If you change that around, whole different mindset, what, what will happen is you'll show up here and everywhere you look, there's something that needs to be done. Always something that needs to be done. There's something we should do differently, something we can improve on, something. And, and that's the way you'll start to think. And, and you'll just take your abilities, your time, your resources, your gifts, and you'll just plug into that. You'll start to serve others in his name. I think I've got a slide on this. If you want to change your marriage, if you want it to be different than it is today, then serve your spouse. You've got to figure out how to do that. That's it. You want your friendships to be different? Start serving your friends. Don't look for what you can get from them. Look what you can do for them. Changes it around. You want to have real, deep meaning in your life? Make your life about serving others, not getting from others. You want to make a difference in the world. You want to be able to say, you know, I don't know how many years I have, but when I'm out of here, when it's time for me to check out of this world, I would like somebody to be able to look back and know the world's a little bit better, a little bit different because I was here. If you want something like that, make your life a life of service. If you want to honor God, you want your life to bring glory and honor to him. Jesus set the stage. This is how you do it. You do it through service. It's not about what you know about him. It's not even what you tell people about him. It's how you serve him and how you serve others in his name. So in the scripture we read today, Jesus looked around the room. It's going to be his last meal before he is arrested. What does he see? It's just proud hearts, dirty feet. And so he goes to work serving them. That's our message today. So I've got a challenge for you. I just want to put this up, up on the screen for you. If you want to love like Jesus, you take the attitude of a servant and then you go and serve. You can start here, but you can go anywhere. And a couple other things for you to think about. Some of you may be thinking, I'm not doing what I know I should. If that's you, I'm just putting that out there for you. I'm not doing what I should. I'm sitting here today. I hear all these things you're saying. I, I heard that scripture. I heard those stories. And I know I'm not doing what I should be doing. Look, you can change that today. I can't change it for you, but you can change it.
And some of you may be thinking along the lines of the next statement. I am ready to start using my gifts and time. It's not just that I know I should be doing something different. I'm ready today to start doing something different. You know, there's uh, something beautiful in the way we kind of landed with the name of this church. Because harvest represents fruit, right? Harvest represents all the work and now it's time for fruit. It's, it's time for something good to come. And, and that's exactly what we're talking about in all of our services. When we get to this point, this is what it's about. It's about fruit. It's about harvest. It's about your life being different. You've been growing up until this point, but now it's time for something to change. And in this case today, that change is service and it's serving in his name. One more thing. If you're here today and you're not really a follower of Jesus, like you know about him, you've heard about him, you're pro-Jesus, you're not really against Jesus, a lot of what I'm saying, you know, it makes some sense, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't really resonate in your heart because for the most part, life's been about, you know, me. It's been about taking, it's about getting. And what Jesus does is turn all of that around. And so if you're here today and you're not really a follower of Jesus, Jesus, this is, this is what we're talking about. He did this. He gave his life. He served you long before you even existed. 2,000 years before you were born, he said, I'm going to serve you. And I'm going to do something for you that nobody else can do. I'm going to lay down my life in your place. And he did that way before you were ever born. That's how he served you. And so today, you're just listening to his Bible. You're listening to his church. And we're telling you, this is what Jesus did for you. Will you receive that? If you do... You become part of the harvest, his harvest. In just a moment, what we're going to do is we're going to stand together. I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. And then I want you to just have a few moments to respond. Um, Shirley's going to come and play something. And I just, you can stand there and pray. You can come forward. I'll pray with you. If you want someone to pray with you, we'd be glad to do that. But I want you to have time to respond. And so if you need to know the Lord or you want to know him or you are coming to know him today, then just let somebody know. You can come forward and tell me. You can tell someone else today. But let someone know, today I believed. And if you are a believer and you say, I know I haven't been doing this right, but I'm ready to start serving. I'm going I'm to do this different from here on out. Look, tell that to the Lord. And then the rest of us will see it. Let's stand together for prayer. Father in heaven, we love you. We are so grateful for the great demonstration of love through Jesus Christ who served us in a way no one else could. And you call us now to serve you and to serve one another and to serve everyone that crosses our path in the ways that, that you provide. And so we ask you now, Lord, to do this work in our hearts and in our minds. And I pray for each person here that they might respond to you in the ways in which you've called them. We give you this time of response. In Jesus' name, amen.